0: Hey there. This is Margaret and you are listening to The Young Catholic Podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> welcome back to the show. I hope you had a peaceful and relaxing weekend as we kick off this new month. Today's show is a little bit different, a little bit different than what we have been used to. Specifically, today's show is more of a conversation than a typical structured interview. And that is because the topic for today is a conversation about worry and anxiety. Seriously, that's the title for today's episode. I figured it might be helpful to put the word conversation in the title so that way you and others will know this episode is a little bit different. You get my point. Okay. I thought this would be a beneficial discussion, given everything that has been going on in the world this year. Even though I do ask a few questions, I think you definitely hear a bit more from me this time around, since, once again, this is a conversation also, just to give you a heads up, because this is not a typical interview, we will just be listening to Father Brad Doyle for today instead of the multiple perspectives. So this is just the episode for today. Once again, we're doing something a little bit different. Let me know if this is the type of format that you would like to see, Well, I guess hear more of. Maybe every now and then we can talk about topics that aren't necessarily catholic in of itself but rather how we can approach topics such as you know worry and anxiety things like that from a catholic perspective who knows i'll leave that up to you guys so let me know through our website question submission and or our social media wow that was a perfect segue don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on itunes send us your questions at tycpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at the young catholic underscore podcast. Like I've been doing the past few months, I will be going on the Instagram story, or I guess the account's Instagram story, not the official Instagram story. We're not there yet, friends. We're not there yet. Um, but I will be doing that, and... Just like always, you guys will have the opportunity to send me your questions for future episodes. And just like with what I was saying earlier, if today's conversation is something that you would like to, you know, see more of in the future, do let me know. I'll probably do a little poll or something like that, whether, you know, just so that you can let me know what it is that you like. It's very much up to you guys when it comes to this, so... Without further delay, here is my conversation with Father Brad Doyle. Enjoy. Can putting God in charge um, be a way to relieve the anxiety of current times, knowing that at the end of the day, we are not made for this world? I feel like the obvious answer is yes, but I feel like what we all struggle with is getting to that point of saying, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. So I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah. that, but.
1: Yeah. Well, first thoughts are that there is anxiety is, is, a, is a shared human experience. So everyone to, to varying degrees experiences it. And, and, and there's, you know, Types or, or, or I guess degrees of experience anxiety or, or, um, some stuff that's not controllable, right? So, I mean, think of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> um, I think we could call that anxiety. Like, I think he's pretty anxious. I mean, he sweat blood. Um, and so, and obviously he's not sinful. So anxiety itself, if this is an experience, it's not sinful and so unless we respond to it in a certain way right um and so i th- I think that's important for your listeners to hear because some people feel shame over their anxiety or they feel like it's their fault or that they can control it, and the Lord himself felt it in a certain extent um people all, other people in scripture and saints throughout history have felt it I know um saint Teresa um spoke of it often in her in her writings and mother teresa and so so uh, i just just wanted to unstigmatize anxiety right from the the get-go you know
0: yeah and i I know so many people can relate to this as well there there will be certain situations where it's I don't know, it's almost it's it's almost easier to be to be able to say, you know, God, this is really bothering me. I can't stop thinking about this. I'm just gonna give it to you. And then there are other times where it just takes longer to get to that point. And it kind of leads into I guess the next question, which is do you think a lot of worry and anxiety is a result of us wanting to control our lives? Especially, you know, given the current circumstances but then also knowing that we're not in control, so it just causes us to just, you know, get that huge knot in our stomach of, oh man, what's going mm. on?
1: So yeah, definitely. Um, mostly probably from the illusion of control, um, and and the practice in small ways throughout life of being in control, even inappropriate ways, um, controlling things around us. So that. Whenever we we realize that hey that's just an illusion we don't actually have control then then it makes that experience harsher so if, if you've practiced through your whole life I mean this is the the balance between virtue and and vice right virtue is practicing the good so often that it becomes second nature you know it's 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 what baseball players you know hitting a batting cage you you do the same thing over and over the right way and then whenever you get in the game you knock out the park Uh figurative and literal for them, Um, but, but, uh, but vice is the same way, right? You practice something wrong the right way or wrong the wrong way. um, So often that you, you don't perform or you perform wrongly in the moment. And so let's say your whole life in small ways, you've practiced detachment, a disinterested detachment um which Ignatius of Loyola talks about which means it's not like a, i don't care it's a whatever you want for your whole life and and you sh- you can teach your kids this from early age right in small ways and throughout their days and then so that when it comes to their vocation when they're 22 they're not ah! <laughs> Yep. You know, so it's it's you gotta practice it. You gotta practice it. You can't just think you're gonna do the right thing and experience a, a drastic decision or situation or moment, and and be able to have the skills and the, the experience to to navigate them just because in that moment you want to. It's. It, I, I love the sports analogy, right? Um, because, you know, there's a guy, um, I haven't talked about the, what was his name? Shortstop for the for for the Astros, Alex Bregman. Did I talk about Alex Bregman last time?
0: I don't believe he did. Did he go to LSU or am I just imagining that?
1: Um, he did go to LSU. You were not currently having an imaginatory thought.
0: I, I feel like I made my brother proud. <laughs> And you proud as well because I know you're a big baseball <laughs> fan. But continue.
1: So Alex Bregman goes to LSU, goes to the pros. He's with the Astros. This is like three years ago or whenever they won the World Series when they cheated.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too <laughs> big, before yeah.
1: that. <laughs> yeah. And so, but regardless of that, I mean, they were really good. And Alex was at the World Series and it was game five and he gets up, went, hits the... The winning run in RBI hits a single, I think, scores a guy from second. They go on and win the win the uh, World Series. And I I read an article the next day. I saw someone tweeting something. Uh, one of the sports writers or whatever tweeted, Alex Bregman didn't win a World Series game le- last night. I was like, oh, that's kind of clickbait. What do you mean he did win? And so I clicked it, and it, and it said. It was based on an article about his work ethic growing up and how you don't all of a sudden find yourself in the last innings of a World Series game with the game on the line and a runner on second and then you hit a single. You you put 9999999999 percent of people in that situation. We strike out, we whiff, we we don't do we don't perform. Because we didn't practice. He So the article was like he didn't win it last night. He won it when he was growing up and his, you know, he would throw the baseball so often and over and over into a wall that he threw a hole in the wall. And the wall was cinder block, you know. And then he, when he was at LSU, the batting cages, like the, you know, automatic batting cages where they could throw balls at you and you don't have to have them there. They didn't have a key fob system on it. So you had to call one of the student trainers to come open it up. And he was calling them at like midnight and go out to the batting cages and open up the batting cages. And so they they installed a fob system on the batting cages for him because he wanted to practice way more than the the uh, trainers wanted to go out there. You know, so it's this idea of um, virtue practice. Practicing the good so often that it becomes second nature. So apply that to what we're talking about, right? Situations where there might be some anxiety. um, You have to trust God. Well, if you haven't trust God your whole life, then why why do you think you're going to win this World Series? Now, again, I want to juxtapose this with there's some clinical um depressions and anxiety that it's not your fault it's not like oh look you're not virtuous um uh, no so sometimes you do need counseling you do need therapy you do need um it's clinical if you will maybe maybe psychological maybe chemical um but we i don't want to be you know err on that side either you know so
0: i know when you were talking about um baseball analogy too i know i've grown up with the saying i believe my dad told me this where it's practice doesn't make perfect but perfect practice makes perfect and i know with what you were talking about i don't know isn't that good oh i love that um and i think something to also mention as well is of course in um, alex's case yes practicing so many times so many times in order to comfortably or at least to a certain degree comfortably get to that stage and perform so well um does take practice but also too there are certain times where let's say like i know personally um i know like a couple of years ago i was just going through something and um i definitely had to work on uh just really giving complete trust to god and Mm-hmm. Just kind of working on that, working on that. And nowadays, with everything that's going on in the world, I can still do that. But it's also okay to realize that it might take me a little bit more work this time in order to get to that point. So I guess what I'm saying is it's still, I guess, healthy to do that, if that makes any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not. It's, there's going to be a, some level of anxiety um so so Jesus says i guess rebuke of anxiety or, or I guess the gospel's addressing of it can't be taken as if you experience any anxiety you are a horrible Christian um that's that wouldn't be the case because say there's holy people who experience anxiety and Jesus himself my God my God, why have you forsaken me I mean he's quoting psalm twenty two but he 's in the garden of Gethsemane, being squeezed out like a grape or Like an olive, that's what Gethsemane means, the olive press. So,
0: One thing I I also wanted to kind of get your opinion on is what do you think causes us to, I guess, how can I word this? What do you think causes us to um, doubt our trust in God? Or I guess why do you think it's so difficult for us to just... um, just to be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to give this to you. Um, I know I know, a lot of it is just kind of based on us wanting to be in control, but I feel like also too, um, maybe certain things also kind of lead us to that point of not going to God immediately with things that we're struggling with.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of it might be a lack of detachment though, that you, to trust God means like whatever he has in store. And so like maybe our initial desires won't be met and that's hard. So that's what Ignatius talks about detachment, holy detachment. Hey, I trust you with it because either way I'm going to receive it. And people don't want, you know, they don't want holy detachment. They want
0: detachment. Do any, I know we already kind of mentioned a couple. um, Do any particular saints come to mind in regard to anxiety and worry or certain prayers that you think can really help. I know St. Therese, I mean, she's my confirmation saint. I go to her for so many things, and that's and this is definitely one of those things. Um, but also, too, I was told about St. Dimphna I think is how you pronounce her name. I know she deals with, I know, like, nervous disorders, and I think mental illness as well. But I was told for anxiety and worry. She's also a really wonderful person um, to pray to as well. So I don't know if you want to add to that list.
1: Yeah, I mean, Saint, so I talked about Saint Therese, um, her namesake or, or somebody took her name as Saint Teresa. Um, and I think because when you look back at our life, you recognize that joy doesn't have to be absent for the person who struggles with anxiety. You know, Mother Teresa had 50 years, at, at, when we read her writings after she died, we were able to read her writings and she had 50 years of feeling distant from God. I'm sure there was anxiety associated with it and yet it didn't affect her ability to be joyful and love the people around her which means that was of god right um because she wasn't having the consolations that she had early on and then but she still had the fruit so that's kind of cool it's like oh yeah that's that's god um let me think other saints with anxiety particularly um
0: Mary's always someone that you can go to, but, um, when I think about just her life, you know, leading up to having Jesus and then of course raising him and seeing all that he went through, I'm sure, I'm sure she also felt these things as well at certain points.
1: Maybe it's just something that came to my mind was uh perpetual and felicity. There's a, on their feast day, they're always together, um, in the office of readings, if you put in perpetual Felicity office of readings, the second reading speaks to their martyrdom and, and, uh, she is kind of the opposite. It was like one of them was super duper calm whenever they were being martyred. So maybe just as an example or, or praying for their, the, the grace that they had, um, during that. It's just one that pops out in a prayer. Um, I like the litany of humility. I know it's not particularly anxiety, but, um,
0: that's a beautiful prayer.
1: I know what you're talking about. One written by um, the, it was a sister from, I believe it's called the Litany of Trust, and that might be more, but it's it's the same kind of model. Let me, let me look it up real quick. So some some aspects of the Litany of Trust are, so it's set up like the Litany of Humility, which is like, "Deliver me, O Jesus," and then and then at the end, it's um, "It's Jesus, I trust in you." So just a couple of the little. And a litany is a a listicle, right? It's whether a listicle of names of addressing God or Our Lady or saints or, or the Sacred Heart or what have you. But from the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute. Deliver me, Jesus. Whew. And there's some good stuff. So from anxiety about the future, from resentment, and excessive preoccupation with the past, from restless self-seeking. This is basically the prayer that you're asking for.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised I didn't think of that one either. I think I now that I think about it, I have a like a pile of um, prayers and like religious um, books. And I know that that is definitely in there. I need to pull that one add again just put it by my pillow or something something else I wanted to ask you as well um what do you do to help deal with worry and anxiety do you find yourself worrying about things a lot of the times I can definitely say I can very much be a worry ward I like to think that I've gotten better but to be completely honest it's definitely something that I struggle with so I don't know if that's something you can relate to or you're just cool as a cucumber, they say. So
1: the, the origins, like the, the uh, provenance of that term, that uh, that phrase, cool as a cucumber. But I guess c- cucumbers can be cold when you put them in the fridge, you know?
0: I mean, I've just grown up with my mom saying it. I guess when you find cucumbers, they're usually in the refrigerated section you know where all the produce is. We put our cucumbers in mm-hmm. the fridge. Are you not supposed to put cucumbers in the it, fridge? Aren't
1: they Aren't they roots? Or no, they grow on they grow on vines. They're up, up side of the soil. So anyway, um, so uh, I that isn't something that's a big tendency for myself. Like I don't struggle with anxiety too much. I'm kind of um, roll with the punches, go with it. Not that I don't have it. And in fact, I guess recently, most of the anxiety has been surrounding just the general unease of society, whether that's coronavirus, whether that's, um, protests and civil unrest. And, um, I realized at some point that I couldn't continue to watch the news, right? So the news is, is not The news is amoral, like it's just facts, hopefully. Um, But if, but so if they're not helping you, like, what do you need to know? What do you need to know? You need to know things that help you fulfill your mission. And so you've got to know your mission first. So what's your mission? Your mission is your vocation right in front of you, the people that are right in front of you. So to love those people in front of you, you got to know what's what's happening right in the world, to some extent, mostly local, right? You probably should focus more on local news. And then and then if, if at any time just the general mass media and experiencing that draws you away from that mission, then don't watch the news. Turn it off stop scrolling, stop looking up, you know, just don't go down the rabbit hole. And because it's taking away from your core mission of who you are, your identity. And, and I had to realize that at some point, you know, whenever we're all quarantined up and safe in place, nothing else to do. And so I'm like reading some stupid article where, where there's like conspiracy theories. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go pray. (laughs) So,
0: I can relate to that though. I um I'm trying to remember how long it was ago, but I used to um uh like in in the evenings when I'm getting ready for bed, take a shower, all that, I would just play the news, just like the audio on my phone. Mm. And the last time I did that, I can tell you that I could not get to sleep for hours for obvious reasons, just with everything going on in the world. And so what I kind of do nowadays is um, really very similar. I think it's still important to um, be informed about what's going on in the world, but that doesn't mean that you need to be glued to your phone 24-7, always wanting to know what is happening, what is going on, especially just with the overall anxiety that's just happening right now so I can definitely definitely relate to that and it also doesn't help that for a lot of us we've been uh you know in quarantine for a few months and even though now well I guess we'll kind of see what winds up happening I feel like for some people it's everything's fine and for some people you know the certain phases are kind of going back down again of like to one and two but Um, I feel like that just being Mm. cooped up and not being able to go out and do what it is that maybe you really want to do, um, that can be, uh, it's just very easy to, okay, I can't do that. I'm going to sit on my phone the next three hours and just scroll through all these things in order to make up for that lack, which, uh, can be an unhealthy thing to do for sure.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think. That kind of situation in the world will add to anxiety, you know, because we're filling our brain with less beautiful things and just with things to be scared about. Instead, yeah. Let's let's, let's read a book. Let's build a garden. A cool uh song by by Lucas Nelson and the Real. It's Willie Nelson's son. And I really like that band. Oh, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. And there's a song and um that you know, the the acoustic version is my favorite. So there is an expletive in it just to warn you like i don't really care about it but but um it kind of throws you off right at the beginning but but it's called um turn off the news <laughs> and and it's uh you can turn off the news and build a garden with me is like the the, the the hook um so should check it out
0: so other things that um, I wanted to mention as well, and you could add you can add on to this, of course. I know in high school you were very much an athlete with playing baseball. I was not, so exercising all the time was very much like in PE class, you have to run this mile because you you need to for this grade. But I was very much more so mm-hmm. the uh, just studying into music, also into art. And where I'm getting at with this is I know what's definitely helped me, um, especially in graduate school, just being overwhelmed with the assignments I have going on um, or or did have going on, um, is I would go run. And that has stuck with me for the past couple of years, whether it's running or I just have them a little different now. It's like a mix of, I don't even know, it's like Pilates and like ballet. It's like this thing that I wind up doing. And it's great, but what I'm trying to say is I know that exercise as well can really help.
1: Like, So you go to a class or you do it by yourself? Oh
0: no, I do it by myself, as awkward as it is, but it's totally fine. It's fine. You just kind of imagine that you're in this really grand studio doing whatever you're doing. And I know I have a friend of mine who's doing it too, but you watch a video of this lady who is just ripped beyond belief is just doing this thing. And I'm like, you know what? This is this is a great idea. So that's what I've been doing lately. But nonetheless, um, in terms of just when I get kind of tense about things that are going on, I find just, you know, sweating it out or even once again, just going on for a 10 minute run can really help. Um, I was reading an article as well. I really just kind of skimmed through it, but it was different ways of also dealing with stress and dealing with anxiety from a Christian perspective. And one thing that they had mentioned, which I thought was a really great phrase was, or just idea is be intentional about what you expose yourself to. So very similar to news wise, maybe don't look at the news before you go to bed like yours truly, but also too, um, with what you were mentioning, Father Brad, instead of being glued to your phone, read a book in the evening, make some quiet time in prayer. You know, I think before everything kind of started going on this year, it was it was very hard for us to find that quiet time because we were, you know, doing our own schedules. And now it's, it, it's almost a different type of noise because a lot of us, our schedules are not the same, but it's just been filled with other things. So making that quiet time, I think is important. And substituting um, those things that can be causing you some stress or anxiety with you know, helpful things and, and things that I think can also help you in your spiritual life as well. So for me, that's making quiet time in the morning and evening for prayer. Um, reading, I'm actually reading The Three Musketeers by Alexander Dumas, which I'm very excited about. So that's always fun.
1: That I'm just
0: <laughs> I know it's like, is it Dumas? is it Dumas, but I'm pretty sure French listeners would be appalled that I would pronounce this in the last name. But yeah, so those are a couple of things that came to my mind. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to that or anything like that.
1: I did as you were speaking, but then I forgot because I made a stupid joke about Alexander's name. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of Alexander, the first name that pops up into my head is Alexander Hamilton. So I'm um, just like in my head. Imagining
1: the soundtrack. I don't know if
0: you've seen it. It's so good.
1: My name is Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done. Just Just you wait. Just Just you wait. It's what okay. if I just awkwardly just kept singing? And you-
0: <laughs> well, I was <laughs> and like, "Do I do I like jump kept, in?" And
1: you're like, "Okay."
0: I was gonna jump in, but I'm like, "There's also a delay on Skype," and then listeners are gonna be like, "What is going on?" So the soundtrack's really great. That's just a complete aside. But if you haven't seen the play and you want to watch something fun, definitely recommend. It's great.
1: Yeah, well, I I um uh, I saw it live in New York um once whenever it was like the big craze in 2015 or 16, um, I saw it and it wasn't, it wasn't when manuel Miranda, but it was that second cast. And I thought it was good. I like, I like it. I, so, I mean, you talking about that um, and watching Alexander Hamilton and, and th- different things i talked about listening to music. I think, I think there's also a, a reality that God works through the, the regular ordinary things in our life and like he created each person differently. So there's, you got to know yourself, you know, I have a friend who's, um, I don't know if she's been diagnosed as this, but there's, there's like, um, like, uh, what's the, where the weather affects you. It's like weather disorder. Um, like if it's winter time,
0: seasonal depression,
1: yeah, seasonal something just, disorder. So uh, I don't think she's been diagnosed, but she, she gets affected by that a lot. So if it's sunny, like she's really happy. If it's overcast, she's not so much. You got to know yourself. So like know the things that will bring you joy, know the things that will and, and don't be afraid of of, um you know, healthy things, obviously, because sin will never um it might give you. And that's the what the lie of Satan is like, hey, do this thing, whatever it is, whether it's drinking too much or pornography or um going to buy stuff right being addicted to buying things and shopping and it gives you that initial high but it's always it's like like fructose corn syrup of 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 life you know it'll give you a high real quick but then then you're gonna crash and take a nap in the afternoon
0: that's great that's a great analogy cool no i think that that's i think that that is very very true for sure um Yeah, I'm trying to to think what else to add to that, but I think we covered everything. I mean, music, you had mentioned music. That's also very important for me because I I enjoy having the quiet time, but also, I mean, I lean on music. I think uh, I'm sure a lot of people do as well lean on music, whether it has lyrics or doesn't have lyrics and um, can definitely have a really nice calming effect, too, if you deal with worry and anxiety.
1: So what you've been listening to lately?
0: Well, let's see. I probably have one of the most. I don't know if we can say eclectic, but I I listen to a lot of different types of music. Let's see. Um, I really like listening to just. Uh, I'm trying to. There's so many ways to kind of describe it, but just like beats, like instrumental beats that I think everyone makes nowadays. But they have a huge playlist. I'm sure they have one on Spotify too. I have Apple Music. But um, they update it, I believe. I think I've gone through this so many times where I, rec- where I recognize a lot of them. But I'll put that on just because sometimes it's nice to not listen to lyrics and just kind of be with your own thoughts. So I'll do that. Um, so what else have I been listening to? Let me pull up my playlist. I've been listening to... Uh, um, th- actually, this is a really great song for everyone. Um, it's by The Afters. It's called I Will Fear No More. Uh, My dad actually told me Mm. about this. It is a beautiful song. um, And actually, it very much touches on exactly what we're talking about, dealing with worry and anxiety and giving it to God. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, I've been listening, well, maybe not other end of the spectrum, but... Definitely not the afters. i been listening to Shaka Khan, because why not? Mm. <laughs> so there's been some of that. Um, let's see, some jazz, because I love jazz music.
1: Mm.
0: I'll try to think. Let's see, there's that. There's The Clash. I like The Clash. Um, or actually, I've been trying to dive deeper into The Clash, because they're pretty iconic, and I don't know enough by them, besides like London Calling and uh, you know, their big sure. hits. Yeah. Yes. Should I stay or should I go? Of course. So those are a couple of tunes. What about you? What have you been listening to? I've
1: been, uh, so when I work, I listen to, um, Talus, uh, Thomas Talus. So like the, the King's college singers or the Talus singers or some palace, So, um, I would encourage people out there to get into, you know, we have our contemporary music. I like Ben Rector and Drew Holcomb. And neighbors. I've really been jamming, and uh, Drew Holcomb, but, um, but then go like a different direction. Um, some sacred music that is just timeless and some palestrina, hit up some polyphony, just let it wash over you. Um, as you fix dinner, it's awesome.
0: That sounds amazing. And one thing that that just popped up into my head as well, and I've mentioned this so many times on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. They have this podcast where this gentleman says the rosary. I think he has like, it's, it's really a, a 15 minute rosary. I think he has a couple of episodes where he does it for 20 minutes and he puts different background music noises. I'm talking everything from a running stream in the background to calm acoustic guitar. Um And I will mm. fall asleep to that. It's, it's, I think it's called the rosary companion. I've, I find when I don't listen to this as I'm falling asleep, um, like I can tell after a couple of days. So that's also something really beautiful to listen to as well.
1: I want I to want illustrate with like New York uh, street background in uh, the background, you know? Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the street.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Forget about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. That would be something else.
1: I think we could, you know, go towards the end by saying, uh, by reading Matthew 16 or Matthew, uh, six, um, which is the section in the gospel that, um, that kind of addresses this and it's from Jesus's own words. So what does the Lord have to say? Let's go for it. So the RSV, their section headings, which by the way, aren't scripture. So they're just added by like, you know, scholars and stuff to make it easier um, so the, the, the scriptures are only the actual verses, but so it says, do not be anxious. So this is verse 25 of uh, the sixth chapter of Matthew. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you shall drink nor about your body, what you should put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to a span of life? And anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither twirl nor spin. Yet I tell you, even they even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, Are you have little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. I think Jesus's thing is like, hey, what are we worried about? You know, so worry about the right things, the kingdom of heaven, you know, being in the sacraments, being in the state of grace, receiving confession. If you need it, um, you know, a confessed soul is, is a soul that can sleep well at night, you know, like don't let stuff Weigh you down, um go find your priest and and let go, let go let it, leave it with him, you know and i uh, I love seeing the souls leave the the confessional, just like fly out the confessional, you know
0: absolutely it's um i'll I'll also kind of leave off with this as well. I was not knowing the exact um verse line, but I was thinking of that this morning outside of one of my windows of my house. Um, I saw a bird like, like gathering together in us, and I was thinking about that too. Just how they they don't worry about what they're going to be eating, where they're going to be sleeping. They're not thinking about any of these things, and just almost just kind of finding inspiration in that and thinking about that Bible verse. And so that was kind of a a great full circle moment for me right there. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it was beneficial for you, whether it be directly in your life or for someone you know and love. The next episode will air September 7th. Wow. September 7th. From one young Catholic to another, preach the truth as if you had a million voices. It is the silence that kills the world. St. Catherine of Siena.